Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rock House Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. Be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message. Well, let me say good morning to you again. It's great to see you here this morning. How many came today for the food? There's the honest people. How many came for Jesus? There's the holy rollers. All right. Good deal. Either way, you're going to get a dose of both this morning, so you're in the right spot. We began talking a few weeks ago about this idea of being unashamed, unashamed of the gospel, unashamed of our faith, unashamed of Jesus, and we base that on Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And we began that week really diving into those verses, and then from there we went on to talk about the new creation that you become once you uh, begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're no longer the same, or at least you shouldn't be. You gain a new identity in Jesus when you get saved. The old you passes away, and there's a brand new you. That's awesome. Last week, we talked about being all in for Jesus because of the new you. You can go all in for Christ, and it just really boils down to being willing and unashamed to go wherever God leads you to go, say whatever God wants you to say, whenever God tells you to go and say it. Just having that willing heart. And, and, and also being willing to leave anybody and anything behind when God calls. Now this week we're on the letter S in the word unashamed. And S simply stands for set apart. Set apart. Once we become a new creation in Christ and we step out in faith to follow Him, go all in for Him, we begin to realize that we're a little different. Hopefully. Should be, like I said. You should be a little different than you once were. People should say, hey man, something's happened to you. You're not like you once were. You don't say this. You don't talk the same. You don't act the same. You're different. And the reason is God has set us apart. And we're going to dive into what that means this morning. We are different from the rest of the world. We're weird. All right? And that's okay. And I believe, my prayer is this is going to make a good Thanksgiving message. I want you to leave here this morning understanding and beginning to see who you truly are in Christ. And when you begin to wrap your mind around that, listen, you're going to want to praise the Lord. And we've sang a lot about Jesus this morning. We've talked a lot about him. And I just want you to leave here appreciating who Jesus is more than when you came through those doors this morning. Too many Christians, in my opinion, have an identity crisis going on. Some people can't figure out if they're going to go all in for Jesus or they're just going to dabble in Christianity or we're going to straddle the fence. And last week we really saw that that's not an option. You're either all in or you're all out. And it's, there's no in between. There's really no gray area. And a lot of this struggle goes back to, I think, Christians not fully understanding, maybe not even knowing or believing who they are and what they are now that they're 
in Christ and what all that entails. So I want to ask you this morning to get us thinking. Three questions. Who are you? What are you? And more importantly, what's the difference? And when you have an identity crisis going on, there's a big difference between who you are and what you are. Now, I know this, this is confusing. Just bear with me for a few minutes as I begin to explain some of this and what we're getting at. For example, when I'm asked, who, who am I? The easy answer is, say, well, I'm Tyler Shields. That's who I am. What am I? Well, I'm a guitar picker from way back when. One of the best in the land. That's what I am. <laughs> Depending on who you ask. The difference, though, this is where the, 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 the heart of the matter is. The difference, though, only leads to more philosophical questions, some deeper questions. For example, does, does what I am determine who I am? Does me being a guitar picker determine who I am as a person? Another way to say it is, does what I am form my overall character? And for most people, even Christians... Many, if not most, would say yes. Yes, what, what I am determines who I am. Who I am is being defined by what I am. It's a little backwards. We say, who am I? We ask that question. And instead of saying who we are, we begin to list a whole bunch of what's. Somebody says, who are you? Well, I'm a parent. I'm a worker in this certain career field. It's what I do every day. I'm a Kentucky Wildcats fan that whooped UT Martin mercilessly last night. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm a white man or a white woman or a black man or a black woman. All these what's, and we, we inadvertently allow the what's to tell us who we are. Here's the problem. Who are you when all of that stuff has been stripped away? And what I mean by that is, who are you when you lose the job? Who are you when, God forbid, you lose your family? You lose your friends. When all the, someday when, when you, there's no more titles, there's no more accolades, there's no more uh, people that, that remember who you are, everything you did is all forgotten once you're old and gray. Who are you then when there's no more Watts? You see, even Christians have an identity crisis going on because we read in the Bible who we are, but what we are and what we do doesn't line up. And we can't figure out what's going on in our lives. Because of this, we struggle to be and to do what God wants us to be and to do. So, what I want you to see is what I am, what I do, does not have to make me who I am. Let that sink in for just a minute. What I am and what I do does not have to make me who I am. Who I am should make me what I am. Better said is whose I am makes me what I am. So this is the way God's Word addresses this issue. First, we learn who we are, not what we are, but who we are. And then in light of who we are in Christ, we begin to understand what we are, what we do. And let's just, you know, you ask this question as a Christian. Well, who are we? Biblically speaking, who are we? 
Christians, that's a label, yeah. As a matter of fact, it's so much deeper than that. That's a label that was given to us by the world. It was, when it first came out, it was a derogatory term. It, little, it meant little Christ. Now, I'm proud of that term, but we're so much more than just Christians, this label. You look in the Word, you say, well, I think maybe, maybe we're disciples. That's what we're supposed to make, right? We're disciples. We're followers of Jesus. I say it's even more than that. You say, well, believers, <laughs> we better be. But even more than that, the Bible refers to us. And you don't hear this used a lot anymore, but the Bible clearly refers to us, to God's people, to the church, as saints. If you are a child of God, if you are a Christian, you are a saint. You don't believe me? Well, check this out. How many times is the word Christian used in Scripture? Not many. A couple. 68 times throughout the New Testament, we, the church, are called the saints of God. Christians are referred to as saints. The word in the Greek, the word hagios, which we translate saint, here's what it means. Here's who you are. It literally means sacred, pure, blameless, consecrated, holy, or set apart. Now, some of y'all are sitting here thinking, I can see the looks on your face. You're thinking, preacher, I ain't no saint. If you'd seen me this week at work, you wouldn't call me a saint. If you'd seen me last night, you wouldn't call me a saint. I don't feel like I'm any of those things you just said, pure, blameless, consecrated, holy, and set apart. I'm no saint. Listen, you are a saint if you are a follower of Christ. Here's an interesting note. It's the same word. When we read through the, whole, the, the New Testament and we see the word or the name Holy Spirit, that word holy with a big H is the same word used to refer to God's saints. Same word we translate. It's who you are. You are holy. You are consecrated. You are set apart for God. Why? It's not because of what you are or what you've done. It's because of whose you are now. Because of whose you are, it means you belong to somebody. You're no longer yours. You've been bought at a price, a very high price. It means the blood of Jesus has purchased you for God. You've been redeemed. You've been purchased. And because of that, you're a new creature. And you've got to accept that fact. You're not the old you. That person is dead and gone. There's a brand new you, and you are a saint. You should be more excited about this. Now, here's where I want to spend a little time. It's easy to get wrapped up around the word saint. I want to talk more about what you are. Not just who you are, but what you are. Because of who you are, because you are a saint of God, you need to understand what you are, what you're becoming, what you are to be doing. And the Bible has a lot to say about what you are as a saint. And I want to just look at Ephesians chapter 1 and 2. We're going to breeze through Ephesians 1 and 2 this morning real quickly. And I want you to see not only who you are, but what you are now that you belong to Jesus. Let's begin in Ephesians 1 1. Paul says this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, 
by God's will. To who? To the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus. There's that word again. I don't think everybody at the church of Ephesus was perfect. Just like nobody here is perfect. Sorry, you're not. I'm not either. And Paul says you are saints. You're set apart. In verse 2 he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. So the very first descriptor we find, this is one of the, honestly, this is one of my most favorite passages of Scripture, Ephesians 1 and 2. So crystal clear and plain. The first description we find of saints, the first what that we see is that as a saint, you are blessed. Look at somebody and say, I'm blessed. Come on, you got to get excited about that. Try it again. I'm blessed. All right. It literally means, the word literally means you are spoken well of. It means that God speaks favorably of you. It's the same word when we read through Scripture and somebody asks a blessing over a meal, as we're going to do here shortly. Like Jesus took the fish and the loaves and he blessed them and gave thanks for them. You are blessed. And then verse 4 goes on and says that he chose us, for he chose us in him. As a saint, I want you to understand, you have been chosen. You've been chosen by God. It means that God wants you, that he has selected you. There may have been other people he could have chose for the team, but guess what? He has chosen you. And then for what? Paul says to be holy, first and foremost. That same word for saint here is translated Holy, set apart, sacred. You are holy. And not only holy, Paul says you are blameless in love before him. As a saint, you're blameless. Believe it. You may not always feel like it. You are blameless. It means that in God's eyes, you are faultless. You are without blemish. Not because of anything that you have done, but because of what Christ has done for you. Verse 5 goes on. says, He predestined us to be adopted. And a lot of people don't like this word. It's confusing, but it's a very biblical word. As a saint, you are predestined. It means that you don't have to worry anymore about your destiny. God has already determined for you through Jesus Christ as a saint what your destiny is going to be. And we're going to talk more about that next week when we talk about heaven and eternity with God. But because he's chosen you, he has predestined you. It means you were not created by happenstance, regardless of what the evolutionists say. You didn't just, you're not a bunch of cells that just randomly came together over enough time and you live and you die and that's it. You were created by God for a divine purpose. And here's what that purpose is. He says to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself. <laughs> Saints, you are adopted. It's what you are. It means that maybe you didn't belong, but now you do. Maybe you didn't have anyone. Maybe you didn't have hope. Maybe you didn't have a future. You didn't have a heavenly family, but now you are a child 
of the living God. Do you see the how this is, this is all ma- such a massive idea? I can't even explain it. You are a child of God. It means His royal blood now flows through your veins. You're part of His family. You've been adopted. And because of that, you have an inheritance coming to you from your Heavenly Father that you can't wrap your mind around. And we'll talk about that next week as well. Let's get down to verse 7. In Him we have redemption. Like I said, as a saint, you've been purchased. You've been redeemed. What's that mean? It means that sin and death and hell, they had a ransom on you. And your heavenly Father floated the bill. And He paid it in full. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ, Paul says. It means that God loves you enough that God looked at you and He valued you enough to send His only begotten Son to die on the cross and shed His blood for you. (laughs) But here's maybe my favorite part. I get a little fired up about this. Not only do we have redemption in Him through His blood, Paul says we also have forgiveness. As a saint, you are forgiven. You're forgiven. Forgiven, Paul says, of your trespasses according to the riches of His grace. When you look at the Greek word that Paul uses for forgiveness, it doesn't mean that most of your guilt has been taken care of. It doesn't mean that you've got to make up the difference somehow. That you've got to dig around for some change in your life and make up the difference because God fell short. It means that you are totally and completely forgiven because of what Christ has done for you. That you were on death row and God commuted your sentence and pardoned you and set you free and you are completely and totally forgiven. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Now look on down at verse 13. Verse 13 says, In Him, again, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. As a saint of God, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's the word that brings to mind, you think of an old document in the old days when it's so important, and they pour wax on it, and they take a signet, and they'd seal it shut so nobody could tamper with it. That's the kind of sealing that Paul brings up here, that you've been marked, that you have been sealed for preservation Through the Holy Spirit, it means that the devil has no claim on you anymore. That death and sin have no claim on you anymore. You are sealed by God's Holy Spirit. And as Jesus says, no man, no one can pluck you out of the Father's hand. Now be thankful this morning, saints. (laughs) Be thankful. Because this is what you are. It's what you are. Because of who you are now in Jesus Christ. You are blessed, chosen, holy, blameless, predestined to be adopted, redeemed, forgiven, and sealed. Peter would go on to say that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. It's what you are. But here's the problem. And I'll be honest with you, this is, this is what breaks my heart. It's why I do what I do. Not everybody can say this today. 
Not everybody is a saint yet. And I say yet because you've got an opportunity. Notice how many times throughout these verses in your Bible, Paul says, in him. <laughs> in him. You see, without him, you're none of these things. It makes me think of an old song we used to sing in church. It said, without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Without him, I would be dying. Without him, I'd be enslaved. Without him, life would be hopeless. Let me get this. But with Jesus, thank God I'm saved. And then it says, Jesus, oh Jesus, <laughs> do you know him today? That's the question you've got to answer for yourself. Jesus, oh Jesus, without him, how lost I would be. If you don't have him, that's what you are. You're lost. You are unsaved. And I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 2 very quickly, the first part. Because Ephesians chapter 1 is for the saints. Ephesians chapter 2, the first part, is for the lost. Look at what Paul says. He says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. Three things you need to see about yourself. If you're not in Christ, you are first and foremost dead. Dead in your sins and trespasses. You are dead to God. You, there's no life in you. There, you are hopeless. You're helpless. You're cut off from God. You're cut off from the living. Separated from God and the saints for eternity. If something doesn't change. Not only that, verse 2, Paul says, you're not only dead, but you're disobedient. The word literally means that you don't believe. Maybe you've heard the truth, but you haven't accepted the truth and believed it enough to act on it and accept it in faith. You are disobedient to God's truth. And because of that, verse 3 tells us that you are not only dead and not only disobedient, you are a child under wrath. What a terrible thing to be. What a frightening position to be in. Unless something happens... Paul saying one day you will have to face the full force of God's wrath, which is in an eternity in, in torment and hell, separated from God and God's love and separated from all the saints that love you. But here's the good news. Verses 4 and 5. <laughs> but God. That may be the most beautiful words in all of Scripture. You were dead, you were disobedient, you were a child under wrath, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ Jesus, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. Amen. 
As we close, I want you to see that because of God's amazing love, because of His rich grace, because of what Christ has done for us on the cross, even if you're dead today, you're just a dead man or a dead man walking, and you walk through those doors this morning lost and on your way to hell, and you have no peace, you have no joy, you have no hope, you have no purpose, you don't know who you are or what you are. Listen, the Bible says because of Jesus, today you can leave here being called blessed <laughs> and chosen and loved <laughs> and forgiven. <laughs> that can be you this morning. Thank God. My question for you is, won't you just accept Him today? I don't know where you're at. Maybe you've been putting Him off. Why don't you just... Accept Him for who He is this morning. A God that loves you and wants a relationship with you. You can be called a saint this morning. God can radically transform your life and change who you are and what you are. If you're a Christian here and you've been struggling with this identity, there's a gap between who you are and what you are and what you do, man, it's just time for you to let it all go and go all in for Jesus. Accept who you are in Christ. Let the old you go. Give it all to Him this morning. Would you stand with us this morning? I want to pray for you before we sing a song of invitation. God, as we prepare together around the table of thanksgiving, God, we have so much to thank You for. We truly are blessed. <laughs> because we have a Father that loves us more than we can imagine. And God, I thank you that regardless of who we were and what we were, that you sent Jesus Christ to die for us. That we could be made new. That we could be called a child of God. And Lord, this morning, if there's someone here that that's not them, Lord, they're dead. They're lost. They're disobedient. God, I pray that your spirit would just draw them to you this morning. God, I, my prayer has been that we would lift Jesus high today. And that he would draw people to himself. Lord, I'm praying that you call them right now. If there's someone here that doesn't know you, Lord, and they need to be saved, I pray that they'd step out this morning and accept Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.